Hey, Joey. Hi. How did you hear about We Were Here? Where did you hear about that game? Because it is a thing I've never heard of. I think I was... I think I was looking up co-op games on Steam DB. Mm. So in between Hentai Hunter and Hentai Hunter 2, you just found we were here? Yes. Huh. It really does feel like a, a thing that more people should have heard about, you know, just because of the experience it kind of uh, brings. I wasn't ready to start recording. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, we're good. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like mid. Uh, uh, uh. Oh shit. Um, <clears throat> hold on. La 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 la. Welcome to Garbage Game Club, everybody. Hey, welcome to Garbage Game Club, and this is our episode on the co-op only game. We were here. Now, this is in the midst, in the mittens of uh on on the entrails on the skid marks on on the skid row on the skid uh i don't know we just played it takes two and because my dear friend nick refuses to leave the house and do anything with me i need more excuses to play co-op games with him Mm-hmm. which means that I was fishing around for something that could be a short but sweet stream experience. A co-op game that not only is free, but interesting. Um, and you can say, well, Joey, didn't you just say It Takes Two is like the best co-op game you've ever played? Y- yeah, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other interesting concepts that exist in the co-op space that maybe we've looked over. It- it- it's a subgenre that I quite have an affinity for. So I found we were here, like Nick was talking about, in between all the hentai games. And it's on Steam, and the first one is free. Oh, love those words. So, couple hour experience, free, asynchronous co-op, great. Let's do it. And we did it, and now we're going to talk about it. And Nick... Break it, break it down for me. Give, give, give me a top level overview. Uh, what, what even is we, we were here? Why is it? Uh, why would I even want to play anything that that's not it takes two? So it is an asynchronous co-op game that, for those who don't know, that means that both players have very different roles. That um, basically, if you play as either the advent in this game, you play as either the adventurer or the librarian, and either of those roles has very different gameplay mechanics. If you are the uh, explorer, you will not see the things that the librarian is doing, and vice versa, which is part of the appeal, because like real life, sometimes I can't see things from the perspective of another person, but I can do my best to work together in order to achieve a common goal. And I really do think that these kinds of co-op games are my favorite because I think that when you play something like Wolfenstein Youngbloods or Splinter Cell, um, you know, Chaos Theory's co-op mode, I think for the most part, those games are essentially just a single-player-only style game that happen to include a buddy that you can play with. 
young young bloods especially chaos theory is a little bit different in that there are things that require another human player in order to achieve whether it be precision takedowns or um, just using your buddy to climb up somewhere higher you need another person in order to play and then there are games like it takes two or we were here where you are unable to actually play the game if you don't have a co-op buddy which I think lends itself well to a more unique and memorable experience overall. And honestly, I think we were here delivered on that front, especially for the price of free 99. Like I got to have a memorable experience, experience that lasted about 90 minutes and I had a very good time. I played the role of the explorer in our uh, streamed Let's Play, and Joey was the librarian. And I went into this game completely blind, not really knowing what it was other than the Steam library picture showed two people in an Arctic-like castle, essentially. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Whatever. And, um, yeah, it feels like equal parts like Amnesia, The Dark Descent, and kind of like a... I don't even know... um, I, I I really just love the the first thing I noticed about the game is that it forces you to use the in-game voice comms. So we did the thing where we actually disabled our Discord chat so that we wouldn't be able to game the system. I think that using the walkie-talkie feature that was in-game where I have to physically press a button in order to bring up the walkie-talkie and if I'm talking into the walkie-talkie Joey cannot talk into it or vice versa. So I think like that mechanic alone is super interesting that I'd love to see extrapolated into other co-op games because it lends itself to, did that person say something or did I cut them off? Did I miss something important? And now I'm running out of time. Like it, it adds so much stress that it forces you to role play to some extent that I didn't think I was ready to do in a game like this. I, I think that, that this is actually one of the core mechanics of the game, really. Like, I think that this whole game was actually built around the idea of the walkie-talkie. Because, you know, it's been a minute since I've used a real walkie-talkie, but that's just how they work, right? Like, we're used to uh, open voice chat protocols mm-hmm. now in, in, in 2020 for, for years and years where, you know, we can talk over each other, we can hear each other, like, channels aren't one-way communications, right? But if you ever used a walkie-talkie before, you know that, like, if you're pressing down the button, you're not sending. You're, you're just sending and you're not receiving, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't talk at the same time. And if you have your button pressed down, you can't hear what the other person's saying if they're still talking. Oh, like, like, a, like an old radio system. Right. So as soon as Nick and I realized that, we're like, oh, fuck. We're, like, it took us a second to be like, oh, wait, can we both have our walkie-talkies out at the same time before we realized what the system was, which was only one person talking at a time, which forces you to, you know, use the, the time honored, um, over. Hey Nick, I'm, I'm, I'm done speaking. Uh, I'm done with my thought. You can respond now over or. Mm. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> super, know, it's uh, such an interesting mechanic to lay on to like contemporary games, because I think, like you said, we are so used to open comms where you can just talk over each other and that's kind of the expectation that it really does force you to sit and listen to your co-op partner but also it kind of it forces you to be precise with how you talk about something how you describe something because when you are the explorer you have to describe your environment to the librarian who's using reference materials to guide you through the correct path so if I'm not using clear language if i'm not using brief language 
it makes the librarian's job so much harder. You know, you start to speak in terms like north, east, west, south. You use your cardinal directions far more. You use uh, simple phrases like pictures on the wall um, instead of, you know, there's this elaborate portrait on the wall of this duck thing. It's just you figure out what the template is, I think, and how you speak about something, and then you start using that to frame the rest of your conversation. So if there are rune puzzles that you come across throughout the game, I say another rune puzzle, six runes, first rune, and then I describe it. And then for the most part, we learn that, okay, they're all very similar except for some small minor differences. So now we have to get into minutia. Like, I really like how we were able to learn the language of the game so quickly and so naturally. But I also, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, I really do think it's because we have a good relationship, you and I. We, we've we spent enough time living our lives together that we know how each other thinks to some extent. And we know the way we see, we know the way each other sees the world. And I think that really aids ourselves. It really aids us in how we go about exploring the world of We Were Here. I, I think when people talk about favorite games in like a broad sense, there's a tendency to over index things that are like God of War, The Last of Us, League of Legends overwatch these things that are either like big marquee multiplayer experiences or like triple a first party developer games right mario odyssey say when i think about one of my favorite games of all time uh it's really hard to classify in that archetype because one of my favorite game experiences that i have ever had is keep talking and nobody explodes Mm. i think that it is so fun and innovative that and i've never done anything else like that that i just am enthralled by that game and playing with new people and and having fun with it i don't play it often i think it's always cool to to bring people into it i think that the concept behind it is so rad mm-hmm. and there is so much that i think uh we were here we we, we were here and um keep talking nobody explodes has in common in the sense that it's asynchronous you're not seeing the same thing one person is the is the encoder one person's the decoder language and communication is hyper important from the minutiae to like you know uh colors and patterns and, and recognition and design and things where you have to be able to use your language to describe something that is intentionally confusing in in minute detail, clearly. I think that I get a lot of enjoyment out of using language in such a precise way that you can um, decode this stuff, right? Like, like there's some enjoyment of like, you know, uh, trying to explain someone who can't see what you're talking about, the difference between homophones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be clear which is so much fun. I really like that that there there's some crossover elements there. That 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 is super cool to me. I mean, it really does feel like one of the only games I've played and like keep talking and nobody explodes where the skills and the way you learn how to communicate in game totally apply to real life. I I think it is one of the rare instances where something you learn in game has 
overall general like makes general general overall improvements to your day-to-day -day life because of the lessons they teach you and i think clear communication over comms um, especially in a like pandemic post-pandemic world it's never been more vital being able to communicate when someone can't see what you see you know that's a thing i do for my job where i have to troubleshoot tech issues through remote productions for people who have never how do i how do i teach a celebrity who's never opened discord how to make a discord account and then adjust their audio settings for a production call like it's that sort of clear precision that this game is asking you to learn in order to succeed and again i think we get, we cheated a little bit because we have lived with the, with each other for years but uh imagine if you really did have like this you know plane crash style scenario where you were trapped in this arctic base with some random stranger that you met on the plane like the communication is not going to be as strong as roommates who have lived with each other for four years you know um so like it, it's just super interesting how even though it's the same game for a lot of people how different people would react to that scenario and i i could see myself like watching streams of this game just for the sake of seeing how people communicate um, when they're thrust into a position that you and I managed to solve relatively quickly. Yeah, I would say that we conquered the game. Yeah, because we learned like, okay, we well, it turns out we have a time. I think the only thing that was a kind of a pain in the ass was the chessboard because of the um, ice mechanic. But I do like the the external stress that that added. Where if if we don't solve the chess puzzle quick enough, uh, then you know the your 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 partner will die in the snow. And I also like that the game asked like, "Hey, does your partner know how to read a chessboard? If not." you might be kind of screwed. But also, are there other ways you can communicate? Because if this were a real life or death scenario, it doesn't matter if your partner knows how to read a chessboard or not. You have to figure it out one way or the other. I think that we're, we're, we're doing a lot of praise right now, mm -hmm. which is justified. Um, this game is a little less than perfect, uh, I, I would say that there are some clear graphical glitches that I at least got on my end. Mm -hmm. There, There is some just general light jankiness that that exists because I think the best way to classify this is like it, it's, a, it's a game jam project or a student project that was given a little bit of extra love in order to be a game, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it's definitely something that, that was minimally... It didn't have a ton of budget going into it, is, is what I'm saying, right? Like, And they were successful enough with the franchise that they made more of these, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a We Were Here 2, which is not free, honestly, need to pay for it. There's a third one, We Were Here Together. They're coming out with a fourth one sometime this year, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is something that they have gotten enough support and love for that they have iterated on and made better with, with time and money. But the first one feels kind of kind of game jammy, right? Yeah, I feel like so, when you need to get precise in this game is when it starts to falter. Like when you were guiding me through the the tiles, where if I step on the incorrect tile, I'll die and start over. Like I feel like oh, I follow directions, but because of the detection on where this thing thinks I am, I took a misstep, therefore start over, which kind of sucks. But uh, that doesn't happen often. I would hope that 
I think that's how you want to improve on a game like this is you do require co-op things that require precision. And I think, you know, if it's there, if you have the mechanics there to support it, I think that's where a game like this could shine. So I'm curious if they add something like that in the next few games. Yeah, I, I do definitely want to check out the other. Like, I only initially wanted to play the first game because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But it sold me enough to where after we finished, I put number two and number three on my Steam wish list. So when they go on sale, like, I can buy them, right? Like, I I think that there is something here that is super enjoyable that, that, that I liked. And I've become, like, a fan of, of this franchise after playing the first game, which essentially just serves as a demo now, right? Yeah. I don't think this is something that you binge through, right? Like, I think this is, this is a game that, like, you know, you can come back to a couple months and be like, hey, Nick, you want to play the second one? You got, like, four hours? And then, you know, we, we can have fun there. Um, I also, uh, a, a criticism is that unlike It Takes Two, where only one person needs to actually own the game, both people have to own We Were Here, right? So you're only going to really probably play it once, even though you could in theory play it twice because you could flip roles or play it with someone else, um, which I think is the sign of a good co-op game. But mm, are you telling me that, that we both have to pay $10 or $20 to play like that? I, I guess. It's definitely know. cheaper than it takes to, um, but I totally get where you're coming from where the barrier to entry is, Hey person, you want to play this game you maybe never heard about, but you have to drop $10 on it in order to play it with me and only with me. Um, that That is a little bit of a higher barrier to entry. Um, I don't think people are just like loading up matchmaking and playing this game with a random person. Yeah. I would I mean, assume that, that's that a would worse be an experience. interesting experience, though. I just don't know if anyone would be inclined to, like you said. Um, I also do think that the replay value, especially on this one, is probably not as high as I would assume the others are because... I think the only criticism I really have, like the, the imprecision didn't really bother me because it, it was so low stakes. But the thing that I think would bother me is I think that the explorer role is inherently more interesting than the librarian role from a seeing new things perspective because I was being introduced to a ton of different environments and I was the one who was always in immediate danger. Whereas Joey felt always like a safe like safe and neat not really the, the very it. last level i'm the one in danger and, and it flips but like or the, the i guess the last puzzle not level but yes like you're the one who's in danger right mm -hmm. and i think that i think for 90 percent of the game i think the librarian has the the least interesting role but i think where this game started to really shine for me was that last section where we were um choosing the right pieces in this stage play in order to recreate scenes from this story book because it felt like it was equal parts like unsettling with the vo from the narrator along with like the dark nature of the play and the fact that you said there was someone there in in the room with you right yeah so like there there, there was a there's a time element to it for me yeah and, and i, I think that's interesting know, because our paths in the game finally converged for the first time and i thought knowing that joey was on the other side of this wall that i couldn't see through was interesting to me because it added more agency to making sure I pulled the right levers at the right time. Like that was inherently more interesting. It raised the stakes for me, which was cool. Easy there. Easy there. Oh yeah. Oh, good, good, good cough. Get that out. Yeah, man. Got, got the, the cough button, but yeah, I, I really like that. And I would hope that the other games in this franchise 
lean more on that side of things where I know where the other partner is in relation to me a lot more because I think when you manage to place your partner in the physical space that you occupy, I think that elevates the game to another level of interest and intrigue that make it all the more fun and more real. I, I think uh, an, another interesting comparison to do here is that this is probably the closest I've ever gotten to playing a digital escape room. Yeah, 100%. I think that I think that if you have a friend who you enjoy escape room type games with, if you've had the luxury or privilege to do that, I think that you should, again, this is free. Mm-hmm. Play it with play with that friend who you would enjoy going to an escape room with. Yeah, and then and if you don't know, you'll find out if you would enjoy going to an escape room with them through this game. <laughs> you definitely don't get like like the physical interaction, you know, which which mm-hmm. is which is part of the fun I think of an escape room, or you know, like like the the physical world building. But I think it's the closest digital analog that exists. Yeah, and I, I think it's a totally novel experience that like. It's perfect that the game is free because you will understand whether or not you and your friend will enjoy the experience just based on this first one. And if you do, good news. There's three more games you can check out. And if not, no skin off your nose. The game was free and very short. So like Two I think, for now. The third one's coming out this year. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's like a like kind of a, a, a no-brainer recommendation. Like there's no reason not to check this out um, unless you just hate communication with another human being or puzzles i think this would be fun with like a partner right like yeah like hit 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 your husband hit your wife hit your girlfriend up like i I think this is a fun couples game yeah you'll figure out if you have a a good communication experience with if you have the ability to communicate and if you don't maybe you gotta reevaluate how you communicate huh (laughs) maybe you gotta reevaluate how you talk to people yeah i I think you this game is very cool, and I wish we got more of these kinds of games. Games that required clear communication. Well, I guess um, we'll probably eventually play some of the other ones. Um, I think so. When 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 it feels right. Um, maybe not uh, Garbage Game Club updates, but I think that this is an example of a game that we do on the show that we didn't know about that is like... Uh, falls into, into into that hidden gem category, something that is that is non traditionally worthwhile. A hundred percent agreed. But Joey, I think we've talked everything there is to talk about with We Were Here. What game is next on our list? I want to play a game that you introduced to me and said, "Hey Joey, just play this. Don't look at it at all. Just play the game." And then I waited a couple months, but then I did it. And now I think we should talk about it. And that game is an indie release called Adios. So there you have it. I know that Adios is a very short game. Um, I think less than two hours. So I think if you're listening to this, you probably have two hours to kill. You have so two hours. Did you out. play it yet, Nick? No, not yet. I will. You told me to play it? I know, I know. Sight unseen? I will. I still don't know really anything about the game other than the general premise, but... Nothing else has been swelled. I've purposefully fast-forwarded through podcasts talking about the game so that I wasn't spoiled in any way, shape, or form. Well. So there you have it. Your next game for Garbage Game Club is Adios. But until then, Adios. Also, I guess if you are interested in 
what we're doing and want to support us, consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage, where at the $5 tier, you get early access to this podcast. So there you go. Or if you feel inclined and want to see what other stuff we do, check out the weekly scoop that we do on twitch.tv slash cybergarbagetv every week, usually every week, once a week. Check it out. And join our Discord if you haven't. Uh, check, 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 check it out. That's about it. You probably already are there, so it's probably fine. But until next Thanks, time. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.